What if you forced yourself to make content about the things you learned? So first we will cover how to actually consume content or then how to actually turn this into content and third what the general approach of this all is. So first, how to consume content. You probably are consuming content already. This can be movies, so basically entertainment, or so basically I would say there are two big categories, two big dimensions on a scale from maybe this to this. The first one is purely entertainment. So basically something that only speaks to the current version of you that is very likely to, to basically be grabbed as so basically which is whose attention is very likely to be grabbed by things that are spiking your dopamine so this is the one thing that's purely entertainment also basically every single dopamine spiking category falls into this or activity falls into this such as eating and well many other things that also cause spikes in dopamine short-term spikes in dopamine and then there is the much longer part the part where you also in terms of goals just move to the completely other direction that actually also long term causes much more stable dopamine levels which is very which is very stating about the whole situation of this so now the idea is the other thing is knowledge it's learning. It's learning actual fact-based things that help you in life. And the other one is basically watching dumb TikTok videos that, that you forget basically after a day. So now the question is, how do you make yourself, how do you force yourself to move more into this other direction? Of course, you can get into this direction of just purely based knowledge or studying by moving along the line, by moving further away from the purely content-based direction. And indeed, if you make things that are purely factual-based more interesting by moving more into the content direction, you may grab the attention of more people and therefore in the long term, move more people into the, the direction of actually learning new things that actually help you in life, that actually are things that are good to know about and not just trash as on TikTok. So now the question is, how would you make yourself go more into this other direction? And the one strategy we now want to discuss is, what if you forced yourself to make content about the things you learned? So when it comes to the input, what you are generally consuming are three different content types. The first is something that is purely visual based, but has to be consumed or can be consumed over time. So think of an image. An image is a static image that exists basically as a split second, as an infinitely small image basically, even though it is captured in a certain time frame, it exists basically as something that is not based on time. But if you watch it now, if you watch a picture, it is dependent on you processing the picture over time. So therefore, the image itself is one of the is just one type of something that is purely visually based. Something else that is purely visually based is text. Why? Because text is also something we consume visually over time. So now, something that is visual can be a magazine, a newspaper, can be an image can also be social media, such as Instagram, without watching videos or audio on social media. So the first thing is visual. So now the next thing, visual, by the way, is also books, it's also magazine, it's also textbooks, it's also basically almost everything is visual that doesn't have audio. So now audio is the second type. 
What is audio? Audio is something that is purely based on the input of your ears. So, because, so, a reason the visual part works so well is because we, in proportion, so there is basically a graph that says how much information you get by each sense, by the eyes, by the ears, by touch, and so on. So now, because the visual sense is very dominating in how much information input we take and how we perceive and process the world, the visual part is just very intriguing already. So now if you switch to the audio part, it's kind of less intriguing because the visual part is not engaged as much. So now the idea is, what if you combine those two? But this is then the third medium, which is video. But let's talk about audio first. So what are typical audio formats? Radio. Radio is an audio format. Also, if you just listen to somebody, so if you are talking to somebody and you close the eyes, you're basically shutting off the visual component and making it dark. You still perceive a few things in your eyes, like a few shadows of things, not really shadows, but schemes, silhouettes of reality. But you just, if you shut your eyes off, if you shut your eyes, and you actually can shut your eyes compared to your ears or your other senses, then it becomes clear that the input then is purely audio-based, at least to a larger proportion. So now, what are typical content consumption types for audio? Radio, podcast, radio shows, and also music. Music is kind of a subgenre of audio that is kind of very specific because it doesn't, it combines speech with just random frequencies played at a certain speed over time, which is then called music. Certain patterns of things that seemingly, kind of as a side project of evolution, make us feel things, make us feel things even more, so are targeted often towards our emotion, even though evolution didn't really have a reason to evolve towards this kind of thing that actually triggers a lot of things in us compared to speech it is actually much more effective at triggering emotional states. This is not a scientific-based fact, but it's much more a personal opinion piece. So now, a personal statement that is based on my opinion, on what on things I have learned, but not purely based on a study. So now, if we combine these two things, and we engage both the senses, this sense, and also the ear sense, so the hearing, the listening part, we get video. And I think video is the most engaging because it actually just activates the most the most visual and the most input. It has the most input because we can use basically almost all our senses. Not all our senses, but the two most dominant ones, which are audio and visual things. So basically we have images over time, but now the images themselves are also moving. Not only we are moving in the consumption, because we are basically flipping over the newspaper or the magazine or scrolling down an article on Facebook, but what we are actually doing is we are just consuming now passively the moving image. So in terms of how much you have to do to consume, it's a much lower entry because we don't have to do that much and we can't just watch. So now, if you combine it additionally with audio, then both senses are kind of consumption senses where you don't have to do anything actively, but process what is said, what is 
displayed on the video. Of course, there are different video types. Film is a video type, classical TV is a video type, TikTok is a video type, YouTube is a video type. Think of it as short video, medium video, so basically a medium length from maybe one minute to 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then we have long format. So think of it like documentaries, movies, feature films. Of course, there could be even a longer format, like a video podcast, but this is just also the long format. So basically there are three formats, you could say, in terms of length. So now let's see how we can get things out of these different formats. Let's return to the visual component again, because so, this is now the second point. What happens if you force yourself to actually make content about these things in the future? Then you have a reason for why you should remember. And when it comes to remembering things, telling your brain, your brain basically, that it should remember these things in the future, it is very crucial that you tell yourself that this is important. So basically, think of it, think of the brain as looking at all the things you consume. So basically, the input, the sensory input the brain has, and constantly having to decide which things to keep and which things to throw out, because we have a limited capacity of memory. So the idea now is, you yourself, as your conscious system 2, compared to your automatic system 1, discussed by Daniel Kahneman in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, Basically, the second part is the conscious you, the rational you that decides, thinks, decides slow. And the first part is the automatic part that actually triggers a lot of other things. Like, what if you get hungry? Did you consciously get hungry? No, you didn't. Therefore, it's the first part, the automatic part of our mind. So now, the question is, how do we tell the automatic part of our mind that something is important? By telling it, it is important. And one way of telling it it is important and to therefore mark these brain pathways as important because everything we process at least in terms of memory which is also stored on memory is running on pathways in our brain and so now the idea is by telling your brain basically the system one that things are important you are more likely to store them in the future and by telling yourself you actually have to go and record something like this here in the future and talk about the things you consumed. You are therefore making it more likely that you will learn these things and keep them, basically increasing the learning retention. So now let's talk about the different formats and how you can convert these formats into content. The first part is again the audio not the audio, but the visual part. The visual part is now how you convert something that's digital, mostly digital, because I think, of course, there are people who still read newspapers. And even, even if you still read a newspaper, you, I think the best approach to actually having these things stored or to try to store these things is to make them digital. So if you have a newspaper, just take your phone and use one of the many scanning apps or even native scanning apps like in the Samsungs, in the Samsung Galaxies, where you can just point something, you point your phone at something and then there is a basically yellow frame and you just press scan and then it's scanned. So what you then can do is you have an image and 
images can be viewed online, can be watched online. So basically, record things with images is a very good way to store things that are consumed on a visual basis only. Of course, there are also other apps like Pocket, for example. Pocket is a service that actually lets you store things on the internet. And since more and more things are available on the internet, such as articles by the New York Times, but also just articles, blog posts, basically everything is moving to the internet. Everything everything is moving into a digital space. This means more and more things can also be stored very easily with tools like Pocket. So what Pocket now does, it, it offers you a button which says, which says, save this piece of content. And then in Pocket, you're basically you basically have your own magazine of all the things you stored. This can be a Wikipedia article about Elon Musk, but it also can be your local newspaper where you just have your things. Ideally, a tool like this would now have additionally a marking functionality because if you additionally to just storing the thing, also engage with the thing, highlighting certain parts that actually were interesting to you or that you want to talk about in the future. Because the question of how do I convert this to content is now constantly in your mind. And by the way, another very nice strategy is to have a fixed output date for this. Because, so let's imagine you consume something and you plan in the future to someday make something about this. Then it's not really fixed, but if you record maybe every single day for 10 minutes, a few shorts about the things you realize this day about the things you learned the day before, then you have basically now a fixed activity that actually lets you record these things. And actually, you now have a purpose because at this point in time, the next day, you will stand there. And if you are not prepared, then it's your own fault. And if you now additionally force yourself to post everything you record, then you have basically a time frame. You basically have now a forced uh, system that forces you to now remember these things, because otherwise you look like a fool that doesn't know what he or she is talking about. So going back to the visual part, you have tools like Pocket. You also have tools like Feedly, which is basically a RSS subscription app that lets you subscribe, subscribe to RSS feeds on the internet, which are basically, think of it like you post something to the internet. And now every time you post, you actually want to notify the other person that is actually maybe subscribing to the content, just like the bell on YouTube. RSS feeds are basically like the bell on YouTube for web pages. So this means if the New York Times has an RSS feed, you can just subscribe to this RSS feed. Therefore, you don't have to go to the website every single time. And now what you easily can do is open the app, maybe Feedly on your phone, and then just read the article in your inbox, which is very convenient. And since more and more things are moving into digital with tools like Feedly, Pocket, you basically can have the first layer of storing. And then you have to come up with ideas about visual based. When it comes to audio based, it's a lot more difficult. So ideally, all audio things would also have a similar, a similar concept, not a similar concept to audio, but a, co a concept a system where every piece of audio you consume runs through. And this system is, of course, your ears, everything of 
every single piece of audio has to that you actually consume has to run through your ears but you don't really have to you don't really have the tools apart from your mind to capture these things so now the question is how do you capture these things there are a few different types of audio let's discuss how you can save and mark these different types of audio when it comes to books audiobooks and also previously when it comes to visual the visual based part if you think about books how do you actively mark books of course you can buy the book but the problem and then mark with a normal marker mark the phrase but the problem is if you now are in costa rica and before you were in australia it is very unlikely that you take the stack of all the books with you so therefore again moving digital i think is the solution if you read the books digitally already with kindle or with another service what you additionally now can do is you mark them digitally therefore you have access to these things all day long and you also don't have to remember which book to take to the next appointment of the doctor where you then have 30 minutes to read but not the time to produce content so now the question is how do you in a visual base in a visual based format and also in an audiobook based format in an audio based format save certain pages certain phrases of books and you have to come up with a system yourself because the systems that are in place are kind of fragmented because it's just like in movies and with streaming everything becomes more fragmented because everybody wants to get the most people subscribed to their own subscription service to their own streaming subscription service when it comes to books it's a little bit more open but at the same time when it comes to digital books you don't really have a service that offers it all apart from maybe amazon and audible so most books are available on amazon and also audible has the biggest variety of books the biggest selection of books at least in my experience but since people like joe rogan in terms of the podcasting space say or make exclusive deals with certain publishers. This also means certain books, for example, are only, and also podcasts are only available at certain public platforms, which is a bummer because it is kind of the downfall of a capturing system that actually turns the things you consume into something that you then actually can create content out of. When it comes to books now, I personally don't read any books anymore. I only listen to books and I listened to books on two different services that turned out to be the best solution to reading books for me. So think of reading books as a waste of time. Of course, it can also not be a waste of time. But if you don't actively want to spend time reading books, then by listening to books, you still can read books, listening, consuming books, but you don't have to actively set apart time for reading these books but you can in the meanwhile go for a run a walk wash the dishes or do your chores which opens up a lot more possibility and a lot more time to actually consume books when it comes to now capturing these books i think it's kind of a problem to have a unified system what i currently am using and the system is not working very well is whenever i listen to an audiobook on audible the first service in my in my system of consumption i just click on there i think is a button within the app so let's say you listen to the age of ai by henry kissinger and you actually concept indeed of and you actually want to now 
save something. Then there is this button where you can just say clip and then you can also add a note additionally, even if the whole thing is not completely focused. And what I just did is, without realizing, is I turned a video that was purely audio based and therefore I could also offer as a podcast into a thing that has now items in it, which now kind of makes it less likely to be consumed as a podcast. So now this is the first thing you can add notes with an audible. But since I already described the whole thing, maybe you can also listen to it on audio and I will also offer it as a podcast. And something similar is basically available in almost all of the big podcasting apps and almost all of the big audiobook apps. So I use Audible for books I don't find on my subscription-based service, which is, so Audible is not really a subscription. It's basically just you saying to Audible, I want to buy a book for 10 euros or 9.95, at least in my country, for every single month for the rest of time. And it's not a subscription in the way you can use it as a flat rate. So you can only listen to the books you buy every single month. And this is kind of a bummer because it limits the consumption. Think of somebody who doesn't have that much money in a developing nation, for example. If you have a subscription, then by averaging basically all the book consumption over the service, all the people who contribute in terms of money by buying the subscription service every single month contribute towards a concept where every single person in this whole pool so basically think of it as an insurance it's similar to the concept of insurance every single person in this pool can access as much of these books as they want so if there is a 10 year old child in a developing nation they can listen to as many books as they want if they pay the same fee Whereas with Audible, they cannot because they can only buy one book a month. And the same obviously applies for everybody else. The average person doesn't listen to three books a day. So therefore, making your, your audiobook subscription or your audiobook service into a, or turning it into a subscription-based flat rate model is actually benefiting, I think, society as a whole more because it averages the consumption out and currently it doesn't. It also means, of course, currently if you are on Audible compared to this other model, you pay for what you get, you get what you pay for, which is also nice, but it doesn't really subsidize basically the part of the human population that is not really able to buy an audiobook for 10 euros a month because they don't earn that much money. So now, we talked about audiobooks, how to capture audiobooks. We also talked about how to capture books digitally. We also taught, talked about how to capture all other things that are digitally available with Pocket. You can also save videos as this. But now we already get into the third part, videos. How can you save videos? And also how can you add notes to videos? And I think this is even though the others are not very good systems currently established, this is the most tricky part. Because currently, so with, audio, so with audio, for example, we have podcasts and also we have radio, but you don't really need to save radio because even if there is a show on radio that is very interesting, you now 
and that is only available as a live feed, basically. Often these shows are now available as a podcast. So therefore, the audio format is the most open source format, you could say. And when it comes to now video, it's the most closed format because every single platform out there wants to have their native content, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Netflix, Disney, all these platforms, there is no platform where you can just watch all the content video that is there. The most closest, so the closest platform or the platform that is the closest approximation to a video platform that offers all the content that is in the media type format of video and actually offers you a consumption of this content and also a storing functionality is YouTube. Of course, there is Facebook Watch, there are Facebook Reels, there is Instagram TV, there is Netflix, there is there are all these video services out there, there also is live TV. But the question is just how do you offer the basic content type of stored video to somebody who wants to watch these stored videos. Apart from the fact that there is also live video, but most live things can also be stored, therefore I only talk about store, stored video for now. When it comes to now trying to capture what is on there, trying to capture a video, I think this is the trickiest part. Why? Because it's the most engaging format and because also these platforms are not only aware of the fact that it is the most engaging format, but additionally are incentivizing behavior from creators and also from themselves, basically in terms of the system of consumption, that actually move human civilization as a whole towards an attention-based, of course attention-based, but not attention-based in a good way, but attention-based in a, in a bad way, into a direction that is attention grabbing based and not really based on good journalistic principles that are actually that actually try to adhere to the truth as much as possible not only journalistic but the higher standard even is a scientific standard of just stating things that are true and naming your sources and things like these so how do you store videos again you can try pocket on all of these Platforms, you can try to store them by liking them. On YouTube, you have the, the watch lists you can do. So basically, what I currently have is um, I have separate watch lists for the several, cat several categories of life. I have like one for travel, one for manage, one for... So manage is basically self-management, one for health, one for maybe sport as a subcategory of health. So basically things I want to learn. So basically, if you want to learn salsa these days, of course you can sign up for a salsa class. But what you also could do is to make the first step is to just watch 10 minutes of a salsa introduction on YouTube. And thereby, by creating these watch lists that are of course only, are of course bound to YouTube because it's YouTube and by creating these watch lists, what you also additionally can do is if you share a video, then you can share a certain clip now. You know, don't, so in the past, you could also share basically a timestamp with the video itself by just enabling a check mark on 
the sharing button on YouTube. But now what additionally is possible is to cut out a certain frame of the video, a certain part of the video, and then sharing this part of the video. How you actually would store this whole thing is a different question then, but you have to come up with a system, obviously. But at least in theory, you now can share certain parts of the video. So basically it's kind of, at least, if you think of only YouTube, it's kind of a very good system compared to audiobooks and this other part. So in this other systems, you basically share the timestamp of the audiobook of the, of the, of the episode, for example. You can already share the timestamp and also additionally add notes to the timestamp. And then if you then create content, you just go through the different notes you have on these different platforms. But ideally, it would be nice if you had one place where it all comes together. And the place where it all comes together has to be uh, an app that is able to convert all these things into notes, basically. Because at the end of the day, this is what we call these things. We call these notes. Now, ideally, it would be a system where all these different channels, for example, also would have a place. So here is how I created a system that actually captures a few parts of this different ideas. The first part is obviously Pocket. I already told you about this. The second part is Feedly, even though I realize again and again that subscribing to RSS feeds, which can be consumed on a daily basis in a way where you just scroll down, is not something that is very likely to make myself stick to more long-term goals since it basically undercuts the dopamine pathways in a way that is not very beneficial long-term. So therefore, this is also a major part of the problem of YouTube, not YouTube, but video consumption, since it is so engaging and it is intentionally made more engaging and also made more negative since we engage in more negative things more. Trying to store things on these platforms natively is kind of a problem in the long term for your mental health. So this doesn't really mean this causes negative mental health problems, but it causes them in a way that can be seen as negative, at least if you compare your mental health to the version of you that doesn't engage in these activities, watching YouTube, for example, as much. So therefore, trying to combine all these different things in a system, in a note-taking system, I think is the best approach to also maybe avoid spending too much time on these different platforms that are intentionally made to be addicting. So now I have the systems I already described, the pre-saving systems. Basically, I use Pocket as a read later list for the whole internet. I additionally listen to the audiobooks on script and on Audible and additionally, sometimes not additionally, but sometimes occasionally is the thing I wanted to state or say, I add notes or just save a timestamp and then I listen to the timestamp again. But I find myself rarely doing this and just basically um, writing down the ideas in a task manager. The ideas I have for producing content that are sometimes new, sometimes a combination of things on different platforms and on different media types. And I just write them down as either a short idea, so an idea that can be converted into a short video or also a short visual based media type, such as an Instagram post, or a Twitter post, or a Facebook post, or it is something that is long. This means I convert it either into a visual post again, or a video, because videos can also be converted into audio. 
without recording native audio. So therefore, recording video is probably the more engaging solution, at least when it comes to the traffic you actually want to have on your channel in the long term. And therefore, having video native files or visual native files as an either-or option and just cutting out the audio works really well for me, I guess. So now I've write down these ideas in a task manager, Microsoft To Do, which I use as a task manager. And additionally, I have two capturing systems. The first one is OneNote. And I used OneNote for many years now. It has a lot of problems and it also doesn't really work well with just using it in order to store articles. So basically OneNote has the same functionality, the clipping functionality, where you can just say, okay, save this website or save this article. Theoretically, OneNote has the same functionality as Pocket. The only problem is that it creates a page for every single new page. And then you have all these pages in OneNote and I just don't want to have all these pages with these articles in OneNote because I'm not that interested in these articles. I'm only interested in the greater concept because I consume so many articles and so many different things, audiobooks and podcast episodes that I cannot store all these things in OneNote because I use OneNote more as a note-taking tool where I actually actively input the information myself and not have so much external information in there that I only engaged with just a little bit. So therefore, I don't use OneNote in order to store the articles, but I just use OneNote as my second brain, basically. In addition, I introduced a more data-based second brain, a more program-based second brain, which is called Notion, which is a free software. It has a free version, it also has a premium version. OneNote also is kind of free if you are subscribed to Microsoft 365, but it is not so free if you don't have a subscription. So I use Notion now in order to capture the list of podcasts I listen to, in order to capture the books I listen to with their authors, because what you can do in Notion is you create basically different databases. So one database is, for example, for people. And within this people database, you have the authors of these books. And then these books have a relation to the books they wrote. So this means if you now have a new entry because you wrote, you read a new book, you can just link the author database again, and you don't have to input the author manually, but you can just say, okay, let's search for this author. And then you can just type in the author, which is very convenient. Again, Notion has the functionality of actually allowing you to clip articles from the web. But again, I don't use it as an input device, as an input capturing device, but I use it much more as a second brain where the information is much more processed already. And it's not so much in the not processed input state anymore. Therefore, I store books. So I store books I, I read and I listen to in Notion. I also store the different video channels and audio channels I listen to in Notion. And what I then can do is I can attribute these different channels and also these different books towards the pieces of content I create, which I again have a database in Notion for. So I have a database with all the ideas I previously stored in the task manager, because the task manager just loads a lot quicker and is a lot more accessible. Nevertheless, in long term, I store these ideas in Notion, which then means I can say, okay, 
what if I wanted to make a video about how to convert your content consumption into content output? And then I would store this idea and then I would say, okay, this article relates to this. So then I could link this article, even though I don't have this article in Notion, but I theoretically could link the article in Pocket, for example, or I could also just insert a link as a source. So basically now, what I have is a system where I have all the content ideas listed and then I can attribute certain types of media I consumed, such as the books and the podcasting channels. And then what I can do with these channels, because they are all individual pages, they are all basically individually editable, I can say that Huberman Lab, for example, or also I can make an entry about my phone because I have a list of, of all the things I own, at least an approach to the more important things I own, and I'm still working on capturing all the things I own. And then I can just write a small review in OneNote already about the phone I'm using to record something. And then every time I produce a piece of content about something like this, I can just attribute the different things I have in this. And this gives me a list of links I can then just insert as sources. Or if I make a video about uh, the recent Tim Ferriss episode, I can theoretically just link the, the channel. What I just am realizing right now as of speaking this is that I could just make a list, an, another table with all the podcast episodes and maybe also all the all the blog entries I actually want to save and then attribute these again to the channels and the websites they appear on. Basically, a channel, for example, uh, internet newspaper is nothing else than a channel, like on a YouTube channel, just not for videos, but for articles. So basically all these RSS feeds are basically also channels. They are sources, just like an author also is a channel that is basically just the author's channel who writes books as a content type. And that's how I, and maybe also you, capture all these things and turn them into content ideas.